We are continuing thoughts on the resurrection of Christ again today. And we are in John's Gospel, chapter number 21 of John's Gospel. Chapter number 21 for our text today. Last week we had a lot of wind and I had to hang on to my book and read through my fingers. <laughs> this time it's not quite so bad, so a little bit of rain won't hurt us. And uh, you're in your car, you're fine. Except for Cindy and David who are sitting out there under their umbrella. Amen. <laughs> good job, good job. Our text in our Easter, con continuing our Easter thoughts, is in John chapter number 21, as we worked, we've worked our way through John's gospel over the last few months, we come to the very final end of that today, in the resurrection of Christ from John chapter 21. I had my uncle Ed, who you've heard me speak of before, I've always told you that he was my favorite person. We worked together, side by side, and we went to church together, him and I. And we talked together and traveled together and played games together. But the thing I enjoyed the most was when we went fishing together. It was always a competition with Uncle Ed and I, not only who caught the most fish, but it was a battle of wits at who could tell the biggest fish story when we got home. And especially if one of us said or did something that we could go home and tell everybody, that's what we were looking for. One time I remember we went out in the boat and we started fishing. And Uncle Ed caught the first fish, the second, the third, and fourth. He caught six or eight right in a row. Well, of course, he I didn't catch any, so he was really rubbing it in. And he said, I got to catch all the fish because you don't know how to catch fish. <laughs> well, finally, I said to him, if you catch another fish, I'm going to cut your line. Well, he went home and he told everybody he saw. Eric said if I caught another fish, he's going to cut my line. As a matter of fact, Uncle Ed told that story for 20 years. Made sure I never forgot that. But I did finally get a good one over on him one day while we were fishing. He had his line over the edge of the boat. And he felt a fish biting on his worm, and so he jerked the line to set the hook, is what you do when you're fishing. And he said, I think I got a whale on. Well, he finally reeled in the fish. It was just a little sunfish. Well, the fish came out of the water upside down. And when he jerked the line, he pulled it right out of the fish's mouth, but somehow he snagged the fish in its bottom end. Now when I saw it, I said, that's not the way we're supposed to catch fish. That one doesn't count. And you should be ashamed to catch a fish that way. Well, I rubbed it in as much as I could. And when we got home, I told everyone, I said, ask him how he catches fish. Go ahead, tell everybody.
caught that fish. And he shook his head and he said, I can't tell. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> so we had lots of fun together. It wasn't really the fishing that was fun. It was the camaraderie and the wit and the competition that made it fun. Someone once said that every day spent fishing adds a day to your life. Fishing has a way of bringing out happy moments and good memories. An American author named Zane Gray said, if fishing was just about catching fish, I would have quit long ago. <laughs> I think that's true. In our text today, we see the resurrected Jesus who conquered death and the grave and rose victorious over the tomb. He has made two surprise visits to his disciples in the upper room in Jerusalem. And now he's going to make the third visit to his disciples after the resurrection. And this is all about going fishing. Now, the essential part of this story is this particular thought that lies behind everything that happens. The disciples had experienced a shocking thing. They had traveled with Jesus for three and a half years, eating and sleeping, talking, walking with him, learning from him, watching his work, and they thought, I'm sure, wow, this is an exciting way to live, following Jesus. And they thought it would last forever. But it was on that first Friday called Good, at about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus was arrested, and they accused him tried him in three courts. By 8 o'clock in the morning, he was condemned to die. By 9 o'clock, they took him out to crucify him. And at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he was dead. All in 12 hours, and it was over. Jesus was dead and buried. And the disciples were stunned and shocked. And their whole world fell apart. And they thought, it's over. Jesus is dead. And life will never be the same again. Life will never be the same again. Now, I hear people saying that all the time about this coronavirus. That life will never be the same again. Coronavirus has changed our world forever. We can never shake hands again. Our world has changed and we can never go back. That's what the disciples thought. And then three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. No, he wasn't going to travel with them and walk and talk with them like he did before. But he was still alive and making appearances to the disciples. So the disciples didn't know what to do with themselves. Jesus wasn't walking and talking with them and telling them where to go all the time. But he did tell them to go back 
to Galilee and he would meet them there. So they all went back up to Galilee and left Jerusalem and they waited. And finally Peter got tired of sitting around doing nothing. Do you know how he felt? <laughs> Are you tired of sitting around and doing nothing? Are you sick of waiting? Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> That's right. Are you sick of waiting for something to happen? Well, so was Peter. So here's what he did. John chapter 21, beginning at the first verse. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, which is the Sea of Galilee, and on this wise he showed himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John, and two other of his disciples. And Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They said to him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. Peter, bored, was sitting around, said, I'm going fishing. So the seven of them got up, they went out, and they went fishing. Now I'm quite sure that fishing on the Sea of Galilee was filled with happy moments and good memories for those disciples. Of course, Jesus used to go with them in their fishing boat all the time. And I can imagine as they get into the boat, one of them says, Hey, you remember when Jesus stood in our boat and preached to the people on the shore? Yeah, but do you remember, says another one, when he was sleeping in the front of our boat here and that storm came up and we woke him up and he stood up and he spoke to the wind and the waves right from here in our boat and he said, peace, be still. And the storm stopped immediately. Oh yeah, who could forget that? But I remember, says another one, the night when we were out in the middle of the lake, we saw him walking across the water coming to us. We thought he was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I remember this. On the Sea of Galilee, we took him in our boat, and we went over to the other side of the lake, and on the shore over there, the, they met a crazy man filled with demons. Jesus cast the demons out of that crazy man, and he sent the demons into a, a whole bunch of pigs. And all 2,000 of them jumped off the cliff and into the lake. Wow, that was something. That was really something. Must have been fun to be with Jesus fishing on the Sea of Galilee. Happy memories, exciting moments. Wasn't he just someone, something to be around? Now, they had fished all night. They didn't catch one single fish, but it didn't matter. They reminisced the night away. 
In those days, they fished with great big long nets. One person would grab the end of the net and tie the other end to the boat and then go swim out away from the boat, stretch the net out, and then swim back to the other end of the boat with the net all stretched out. And then uh, they would drift a while, and when it was finally ready, they'd draw the whole net back towards the boat. If there was pressure in the net, there was weight, if you had some fish, then you could feel it. But if it pulled easy, there were no fish. All night at night, the net just pulled easy, no fish, not even a small one. Now those commercial fishermen would fish at night, and in the early morning hours, people came from the local towns down to the shore to buy fish. So when dawn was just breaking, they're about a hundred yards out on the lake. Someone on the shore yells out, hey boys, you got any fish? That was a very normal thing to do. Verse four, when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, children, have you any meat? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. Now, why did they do as the man on the shore suggested? They thought that maybe whoever he was, that he could see some fish feeding on the top of the water that they could not see from their boat. So Peter, of course, swims out with the net, takes a few minutes, and now he's swimming back to the boat, stretching the net out. And then they drift a while, and then after a while they pull the net back in. He said to them, cast on the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisherman's coat on him, for he was naked, and cast himself into the sea. The other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, driving, dragging the net with the fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they see a fire of coal there, and fish there laid on, and bread. And down to verse 11, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three. And for all that there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Well, my friends, when they pulled on that net, they felt pressure. They felt great weight. Oh, my goodness, the net's full of fish. It was John who suddenly has a flashback he remembered once before that they had been fishing all night and Jesus told them to toss the net on the other side of the ship. And he remembered back when they did that, they caught so many fish that the net was breaking. And now, once again, we have a full net. And John thinks, why 
That must be Jesus standing on the shore. John sensed it in his heart first, probably because he loved Jesus more than the others did. And when John said, that must be Jesus, Peter grabbed his coat, dived right out of the boat, got to shore first. Oh, Jesus, it must be good to, so good to see you. Now, here's a question that I have about this. Why did Jesus fill their nets with fish? So they could make a huge haul and make lots of money? No, no. Although it was a money-making day for them, no doubt. That's not why Jesus filled their nets. Was it so they could identify who he was in the dark? Well, it did work that way. John recognized Jesus' work when he felt the full net. So yes, that's a little bit of the reason why Jesus filled the net. But I think there's a much better reason why Jesus filled their net. Jesus wants them to remember back to the last time they caught a net full of fish. Reminisce. Think back. What happened last time? The last time their nets was, were filled by Jesus, Jesus said something very important to them. I'm going to read for you what happened the last time. They said, They were astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes that they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Peter. And Jesus said to Peter, Fear not, for from henceforth thou shalt catch men. The last time they caught this many fish, Jesus said, From now on, you'll be catching men just like you catch fish. As a matter of fact, Peter, thinking back, remembers the first time Jesus saw me fishing along the Sea of Galilee, he walked up to me, and I remember what he said. Jesus came up to me the first time I saw him by the Sea of Galilee, and he said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. When I was a kid, we used to sing that song. Remember that song? I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men, fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. Remember that song? Yeah, you remember. <laughs> That's what Jesus said to Peter the first time he saw him on the Sea of Galilee. And now they have caught another net full of fish, 153 of them. That's a lot of fish. And Jesus wants you to remember what He said to you the first time He saw you fishing. And He said it the last time you filled your nets to overflowing. And now your nets are full again. So remember and learn from it. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. Now, 
It tells us they sat and ate breakfast with Jesus. And then Jesus had a little talk with Peter. Listen to what he says. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these others? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith again to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And he said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto them, Feed my sheep. And he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said to him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Then Jesus said something else. Verily I say to you, Peter, when you were young, you did whatever you wanted and walked wherever you would. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands. Another shall gird thee and carry thee where you would not go. He spake thus, signifying by what death he would glorify Christ. When he had spoken thus, he said unto him, Follow me. Peter, someday they're going to take you and force you to stretch out your arms just like they did to me. That is, Peter, you're going to be crucified like Jesus was crucified. And then Jesus looks Peter in the eye and says, Now, follow me. Three and a half years ago, Peter, I called you to follow me, and you did. And then they crucified me, and you thought life would never be the same again. I'm here to tell you the same thing I told you three and a half years ago. Follow me. Life may change. Circumstances will change. But in this uncertain world and in these changing times that we live in, when everything else is all messed up, follow me. That is the one stable thing. That is the one unchanging fact. There's one thing that you can always count on. Follow me, said Jesus, in a constantly changing world. One thing will never change. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, forever. Life will change. But your mission remains the same. Follow me. Now for the disciples it meant go fish for men. Draw men in like fish in a net. If you need another example, he gave one to Peter. Feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. Peter, take care of my sheep. It's all about people. Bring people to Jesus. Whether you pull them in like in a net or feed them like little lambs, Jesus wants you to take care of His people. Jesus said, I died for people. I gave my life for people because I loved them. And I was not willing that any should perish. So I gave my life for every person. So now, Peter, follow me. Follow my example. 
Come and do what I did. Call the people. Urge, with, urge them. Plead with them. Convince them. Tell them the truth. Do what I did. Life hasn't changed. People need Jesus more than ever today. So Jesus says, follow me. Well, my friends, I suppose that in this world, there are three types of people. There are people who have decided to follow Jesus. They've made a choice. And they follow Him. I'm glad to be surrounded with those people. Then again, there are people who have decided not to follow Jesus. There are many reasons for it. But no matter what, no. They are not going to follow Jesus. But then there are those undecided people. They are not against Jesus, but they are undecided. Jesus loves you. He wants to take care of you like a shepherd. He wants to take care of his lambs. He wants to draw you close to him like fish in a net. But you have to decide. This world that we live in, my friends, is full of confused people. It's full of frightened people. People who don't know what to do. Jesus says to those people, I offer you stability in an unstable world. I offer you purpose in your life in a world that seems to be without purpose and meaning. Will you decide? Jesus said, no matter what this world seems to be or how strange and confusing it can be, here's what you do. Come and follow me. Don't be afraid. Come and follow me. My friends, I want you to know today, it is not a one-time decision that you make once in your life somewhere where you say, I'm going to have Jesus in my heart, and then you go out and forget about it. That's not what it is. It's follow me every day. That's what Jesus is talking about. My friends, the net is large, and it reaches out far and wide. And it gathers us in close. It is for you to decide what you want to do. You may choose to follow Jesus. That's my prayer for you. Wherever you are today. Wherever you're listening to the sound of my voice. It's my desire that you should choose to follow Jesus. If you do, it will be the making of you. It will change your life forever. So, God bless you as you decide. If you are those undecided ones, may you decide today to follow Him. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for the story of the fish in the lake and the calling of Your disciples. And you call them to come and follow You. We ask You will... Help us to stand up and be counted as one of yours, that you will open our hearts to you, 
that we might be counted among the faithful ones of Jesus Christ, that we might pull in the nets, take care of the sheep, feed the lambs gently, that we might bless people because of what Jesus did. We might follow his example to be like him. Help us, we pray. Bless these folks because they've been with us today. Be especially good to each one and do something kind for them, we ask. Your blessing on each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to sing a song. It's on your bulletin on the bottom. It's a song that we haven't sung much because it never was in any of our books. But we decided to sing it along with you today. It's called, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. today we pray that our hearts would be decided on this day if they have not been decided in the past that we would decide to turn that way and Lord we pray that we would reach out as fishers of men Lord we want to do what we have been called to do and we know that you have called us to follow you and so we pray that we would walk this day even further and if we have made that decision that we would stand for the things that are right and pure and good, the things of Jesus Christ. May you be our Lord and our Savior, and may we do whatever it is, wherever it brings us, even as Peter was brought to his very death. Lord, may we stand and do what we have been called to do on this day. May we not be afraid. May the world be behind us and the cross ever before us, and there would be no turning back, we pray. We ask for this, we ask for protection on the homes of these folks, 
listening to this today, watch over them. Bring them back to us, we pray. May they hear your word and may it make an impact deep in their soul. May your spirit touch them, Lord. Protect them and be with them. In your name we pray. Amen.